My name's Mark Campbell and I've been narrating for Calibre Books since 2014. I've always enjoyed reading. Um, I've been a member of my local amateur dramatic group for some time. I've acted in a lot of plays. Uh, I've directed a lot of plays. And um, I just fancied seeing if I could actually read an audiobook. Initially, I guess I, I thought, well, that's a nice way of making some money. Uh, but of course, you'll find that most audiobook companies employ people you might have heard of. And no one's ever heard of me. So actually, I thought this is a really nice thing to do to read for a charity because it does open up all these books for people who, um, for whatever reason, are unable to actually read a physical book. So my first book was The Catch, uh, which was a sort of romantic comedy, I suppose. And that seemed to be okay. I sent a sample, 30-minute sample off, and they seemed to like it. So um, that's how it all started, really. My profession at the moment is um, <laughs> unemployed. Pretty much during the course of my working for Calibre, I've worked in a place called the Stamp Centre on the Strand, which uh, sells stamps, uh, as in stamp collecting stamps. It sells uh, autographs, coins, memorabilia. I was employed there initially to sell stuff on Amazon. A lot of stuff they sold on Amazon. It was very busy. Somebody was leaving and they needed somebody to cover, uh, somebody to take over. So I did that. Uh, that was very, very busy, especially at Christmas. I went down to part-time and then, unfortunately, because of this COVID thing uh, and general downturn in, in trade, um, the shop closed uh, in September uh, 2020. I do various other things as well. I write questions for Only Connect, uh, the TV quiz programme. I also have just started, as of last year, writing specialist subjects for Mastermind. So by the time you hear this, probably you'll have heard of all the sets I've done last year. Uh, as of recording, the most recent one was uh, Hancock's Half Hour, which I had fun doing. So that's been really, really lovely, actually. I just applied out of the blue to them, and they very kindly took me on. Um, so that's been uh, quite a steep learning curve, actually, because it, uh, it's harder than, harder than you think to write the question according to how John Humphreys likes to say it and according to how the format of the show works. And essentially, it's just to do with being very, very simple about the question. You provide far more questions than they, they need for a normal Mastermind, it's 22 questions you need to supply, of which at the most they might answer 10 or 12. Um, so they have quite a lot in backup in case they don't like some of the questions. I'm also a writer, a freelance writer. I've been doing that for some time. Articles, interviews, I've written some books uh, on Doctor Who, Carry On Films, uh, Sherlock Holmes, Agatha Christie. Um, so there's all sort of different things I do. I record my books in my front room. Uh, while they're on my partner's front room, where I'm doing it now, it's very quiet. It's got double glazing, so there's no extraneous sound um, because any little bit of sound is picked up. For instance, if uh, there are people next door making a noise or someone's upstairs. So I try and do it when the house is empty uh, in the middle of the day and it's normally fine. Some people like to sort of cover themselves in a blanket or something to sort of make the sound uh, not not echoey. But there's quite a lot of stuff in this room. Uh, we have a 16-month-old toddler at the moment, so there's lots of cuddly toys and stuff all around the room. So that does dampen the sound a little bit. 
the first book I uh, narrated, The Catch, I rather eccentrically used my video camera to record it on. So I put my video camera in front of me and just read the book and then took the audio track off the video and used the audio. After that, Caliber very kindly uh, sent me a, a microphone, uh, which I use all the time. Um, I record on Audacity, which is a free software you can download. It's an open source software. That means um, it's free. Uh, it's a it's pretty much the best editing software you can get, I would say. It's uh, it's very, very easy to use, and you can cut and paste and do all sorts of things to it that you want. I did once read one of my books first, and then I read it. I, I read it out loud. Um, but actually, I didn't find it particularly helped, because you're reading a book in your head quickly and you you know you, you breeze through it when it comes to actually reading out loud um, some of the words that you might not have pronounced fully in your head if you see what I mean um, you've got to then pronounce out loud and it, it it's a whole different it's a completely different thing to actually read a book out loud and make it sensible to someone else as opposed to reading it in your head where you can sort of skim if you like because you're only reading it to you and you can kind of almost, yeah, you can skim read it. You can't skim read when you read something out loud. So um, generally speaking, I read books, cold, I cold read them. Um, so I just start through and I read them over a course of, well, it, books can vary in length. I mean, the standard length of time to record, say, a 300 word, a 300 word, a 300 page book would be uh, sort of dividing it up into roughly half hour chunks. I suppose I might do, say, four four or five uh, chunks, I suppose. If I was recording every day, one after the other, and I, I don't tend to do that, I suppose to record a 300-page book would take me, let's say, three or four days. Uh, but I do. I tend to space it out much more than that. I might do a couple of hours here, a couple of hours there. Um, that's actually the quickest part of it because I do I I cold read, which means I make an awful lot of mistakes. So I stop and start and stop and start all the way through the recording, and then so what I've got is essentially chunks of say forty five minutes or to an hour, which then after editing go down to about about half an hour. I I, I record them all first, so you've got all the raw material. Then I go and edit. And editing on um, Audacity, I find very quick, very easy. Once you got used to it, it's a very simple procedure. And it's essentially going through and cutting out all the mistakes you make, cutting out all the pauses, uh, cutting out, thing, you know, odd things. That yeah, I'll be there in a minute. Um, odd sort of distractions that might happen, doorbells going off, phone ringing, cat meowing. I haven't got a cat, that would be a bit weird. Um, so you whittle it down, and this is what I do. So I record, record it all first, then I go and edit, and the editing is actually the thing that takes, for me, the most time. So to edit, say, an hour or 45 minute long bit of audio might take me a couple of hours. It's always at least twice as long. And I'm I'm fairly... Um, I try uh, not to make any work for Calibre, so I try and cut out all the all the clicks and the, the funny uh, noises you might, extraneous noises, etc., so they don't need to do anything. I'm a bit of a perfectionist.
In terms of routines, I just sit myself down. Uh, I have the book in front of me, the microphone in front of me. Uh, I make sure that uh, the, the phone is off and the doors are closed. We used to have a carriage clock in the corner. I had to take that out of the room every time because even though it was very, very quiet, you could just about hear the tick. I have a drink of water, handy, of course, um, and perhaps something to eat if, if I get hungry. In terms of uh, voices, how I use my voice, um, I probably don't alter my voice that much for the characters for the reason that I think if I'm listening to something somebody's reading and they're adopting a, an accent or a particular tone of voice, if I find that a bit irritating, I've got to put up with that for the whole of the audiobook. So I personally don't change my voice that much because I think it's more important for the listener to understand the sense of the story rather than to try and personate or, or mimic a certain character's voice. I find one of the most irritating things when I read these books, and this is where cold reading is a problem, is uh, you might have a character on chapter one who's who's, who's uh, talking a lot. In chapter two, it says, oh, this person is German or Dutch. Um, and then you've got to think, well, what do I do there? I have to go back and re-record it. And I think I I think that's bad writing. I think if a character is introduced, I think they should be told where that character comes from straight away so that even if you're reading it, to yourself, in your head, there's a certain sort of tone of voice. I've narrated uh, a dozen books for Calibre, which is not a great deal considering the length of time I've been reading. Um, but I do, I am fairly busy, or I certainly have been fairly busy work-wise uh, and doing other projects. I've done uh, uh, six books that are a mixture of um, science fiction. I've done The Foundation by Isaac Asimov, uh, Metamorphosis and Other Stories by Kafka. Uh, Moomin Valley in November, which is, of course, a, a children's Well, I say a children's book. It's a, like Winnie the Pooh. It's a book for the whole family by Tovey Janssen. I've also done six Doctor Who books. I'm a big Doctor Who fan, so I was very excited to do Doctor Who. Uh, my first one was The Auton Invasion, which is John Pertwee's first story called Spearhead from Space on telly. I know those stories inside out, and perhaps I make a little bit more of a I'm more of an attempt to do impersonations of the Doctors and the companions in those stories. Certainly the monsters are fun, doing the voices for those. So I, I really enjoy doing uh, Doctor Who books, reading those. I don't really have a favourite genre, Doctor Who books, science fiction. I think as long as there is a good story and reading aloud really does make you aware of whether a story is padded whether there are plot holes it makes it much more concrete so I'd like preferably I prefer books that are shorter I'm sure all narrators will say that uh, shorter concise uh, well plotted good dialogue good descriptions things to really get your teeth into I haven't read yet any non-fiction so everything has been uh, fiction but uh, I don't really have a favorite genre I mean science fiction I is my favourite genre to read, perhaps. But in terms of uh, narrating, I think it would be, and I found this a bit with Foundation, it's quite difficult to make it exciting to read. Uh, you've got all this string of weird and wonderful names and planets and, and technobabble. Um, it can become a, a bit wearisome to read it, actually, to read it out. Um, so probably my favourite genre might be something like crime. I think one of my favourite books to read so far has been Moomin Valley in November. 
I I love the Moomin books. I grew up on them as a child. I'm not one of these people who grew up with the television versions. Uh, I'm, I'm aware of them. But for me, it was always the books. And they were just so beautifully written. Um, and so there's a, a melancholy quality to these books. And especially Moomin Valley in November is one of, was one of them. Uh, they're sort of all waiting for the Moomins to arrive back again. It's very much sort of waiting for Godot type thing where these people are talking about them and they they don't appear. So I really enjoyed that. I read that in one sitting, uh, in one day. It's a short book, but I I just loved it. I just think they're so uh, beautifully written. One of the hardest books to read is one called The Blinded Man by Arne Dahl, which is a, a Swedish crime noir. And I, I looked through it first and I was a bit shocked about all the names of the places and the people, all of these Swedish names. And I was thinking, what do I do? How do I approach this? Um, I can't speak Swedish. Luckily, I worked then with somebody who, although he lived in Essex, he was born in Sweden and he spoke Swedish. And what I did was I uh, typed out all the names. I went through with a highlighter. Caliber told me off for that. I went through with a highlighter of the book and highlighted all the names of the places and the people, wrote them all down and gave them to him and recorded him saying the names, pronouncing the names. And then I tried my best to follow what he did when I read the book. Now, I know that probably 99.9% of Calibre listeners wouldn't know the difference, but I just wanted to try and be accurate if I could. But I did find that a very hard book. It's not a particularly short book, and I had to take run up a lot of these names. Um, so there was an awful lot of editing to uh, needed to be done. And I, I hope uh, that the book reads all right after all that. I am an avid reader uh, when I can. Um, as I say, I've got a 16-month-old boy, um, so he does take up quite a lot of time. Yeah, I, I read as much as I can. Um, I watch a lot of films. Last year, I think I watched... My aim was to watch 100 films in the cinema and I was on course because I got up to 25 by the end of March and then something called lockdown happened so that didn't materialise. I think I watched about 45 films at the cinema last year and total about uh, 150 films perhaps, something like that. I do like my films. But I read all sorts of things from classics to science fiction to children's books. Again, I have no particular favourite genre. Of all the many books I've read, the one that I would recommend to people is The Woman in White by Wilkie Collins. I read it probably about 30 years ago, and it stayed with me ever since. It's an incredibly compelling crime story. It's a real page turner. Um, he was writing at the same time as Dickens, and much as I like Dickens, I struggle with Dickens. Um and I think Dickens is actually an author to read aloud. But when, you, when you're when actually sitting there reading Dickens, it's, it can be quite hard to focus because he does go on a bit. But uh, Wilkie Collins is so uh, contemporary in, in the way he writes. And the book, uh, The Woman in White, is, is uh, written in letters. It's letters to and from people. That's how the story progresses. And it's so cleverly written. And the story takes you on this amazing journey. And there's an incredible bit, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a bit, I don't know, third of the way through, where you go, oh my God, what's happened? I can't believe that's happened. And you turn the page 
And then there's a sort of a comedy letter, got nothing to do with the main thrust of the story. It's sort of a, a light-hearted comedy letter. And and this is Wilkie Collins just saying, look, I'm going to keep you on the edge of your seat for as long as possible. It's an absolutely superb book. I absolutely recommend that to, to anyone who asks. Uh, one book I probably wouldn't recommend is Moby Dick. Uh, good on you if you read it. I've read it. I've survived to tell the tale. Um, but I found that I was going to say almost unreadable. I mean, I did manage to read it, but only because I read a chapter a night, come what may. Um, it's an extraordinarily peculiar book because it starts off really, really well uh, and excitingly. And you think I'm going to get into this. And then about from about page 100, I think it's about 700 pages long. From page 100, it uh, basically details essays on whaling. I'd had about enough of it by about halfway through. I mean, narrating books, uh, you can have problems narrating books. Um, one of my soul-destroying soul problems I had once is when I, I plug this microphone in and um, the computer I use, the laptop, recognises the microphone. I test it first. I tap the microphone and make sure it's working. For some reason, I was recording one of the books, probably, it was probably The Blinded Man, this really hard book uh, all about Swedish crime. And I'd, read, I'd done two files worth, so that's sort of a couple of hours. And... I came to edit it and I realised that the microphone hadn't been recognised. So it was actually recording from the laptop uh, itself, which is really tinny recording and it's I'm, I'm too far away from it. So that was rather soul-destroying. I had to go back and re-record all this, I don't know, 60, 70 pages of material. As I say, I do these raw recordings, so I'm sitting there and I might uh, I might burp or something and then carry on. And then I cut those out. One of the books, I, a character does burp, and I burped, and I left it in. And I don't know whether it was kept in by Caleb. I never, I never, um, I never got around to asking. Well, that's it, really. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this rather rambling monologue. My thanks to Caliber for allowing me to do these recordings, which I do enjoy. I mean, they're hard work. I think most narrators will tell you, it's not an easy job by any means, but I really enjoy doing them, and I hope that you enjoy listening to to my books and all the books that caliber do so um thanks very much for listening to this bye bye <laughs>